what procedure, what kind of facial did you get done? Oh, it's, so my friend, my sister is an, a hairdresser and she works in a salon suite and one of her friends is an esthetician. She started out with like brows and stuff, but she started doing like facial stuff and it's like this machine. And so it's needling. So it's not like where they take your blood and needle it back in, but it's like an yeah. actual needle mm-hmm. that will go into the dermis and kind of like break up stuff so that it can resurface. Yeah, I had really bad skin, like really bad skin as a teenager, like I actually had beautiful skin. And then like 19 years old, I just decided we gonna break out real bad, real bad. <laughs> oh, I resonate. Yeah. And so I had a lot of facial scarring because I went to a dermatologist that really effed it up further. Mm-hmm. So I was really self-conscious about my face. And this is why also I feel like part of me was like probably self-conscious about dating and shit like that. But this is what it looked like. I don't know if you can really see oh how I can kind of see yeah oh yeah. yeah 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 all in the cheek in the chin area everywhere oh, there's a little no, bit was, on the forehead too it was everywhere it was wow. everywhere so but I but like I I started doing like when I had my first job I would get monthly facials and stuff like absolutely. that absolutely but this was this is different this is like going in and it's like it basically is like resurface even my mom this morning she's like you could see how smooth this is now. yes it looks so smooth from this end too, girl. I love it. I think that's called like micro needling. I think. Maybe. I don't know. I just know she, and, and on top of that, she's putting some kind of serum on it that I think has like stem cells or something to prevent aging or something crazy like that. So I'm like, I'm like, we just gonna keep it looking fresh and sexy. If I'm shining. If you are doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, girl. I love it. I love it. Yeah, actually, I didn't have any acne my whole life hit 27 and full on like cystic deep all over. It was very interesting because what I was putting together at the time I was really into Ernest Holmes, you know, Ernest Holmes, he's um, a theorist that put together the science of the mind, the book science of the mind. Science of the Mind is a book that he wrote and he theorized around a different way of Christ-like being and how we're all self-healers. And so I was in the practice of really reading his theology at the time that I broke out in a lot of acne. And so he connects a lot of ways that we break out to what we're actually trying to hide in the inside because we're literally trying to transform or mutate our appearance based on how much we're hiding on the inside. So it's so interesting to me at the time, I had just moved here to Denver, Colorado. I lived in Albuquerque, like a big chunk of my life. And I moved it into a new hospital unit. And I was really challenged. I was really challenged there because it was just such a different dynamic. It was 10 times the size of what I came to. And I was really questioning my identity. Crazy because as I was, I, I you know, read, questioning my identity, my face literally morphed with, with the way that I felt on the inside. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Because I never had acne. Acne doesn't really run in my family or anything. I know. So it's very interesting. So if there's something like popping up for you, mm-hmm. right. What is actually going on inside? It's totally related. Well, it's interesting. Also the body mind connection too. Cause um, at the time I was also beginning to experience severe digestive issues so like a lot of it for me is a gut thing um I suffered from like almost a decade of gut issues like Mm. I almost had an ulcer by the time I was 20 I like had it was just it was a lot like I couldn't eat without like experiencing severe pain um for a long part of my 20s like my ex-boyfriend would be like 
well, where do you go? He'd be like, where do you want to eat? I'm like, no, we can go wherever. He's like, no, because wherever we go, you get sick. So you get to choose. And I'm like, oh, and then there's a guilt of like this. And then it just expresses everywhere. The weight gain, the face, like, you know, it expresses everywhere. Oh, that guilt. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. How am I sourcing this right now? This is, this is silly. Uh, I love that okay. question. <laughs> Are you ready? Do you feel ready? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It's been an interesting week for me, honestly, especially since, you know, we both share uh, leadership. We've both been in hardcore leadership. So there's a lot of fun things happening there that I get to discover about myself. And uh, maybe that's bleeding a little bit into it. Uh, Maybe, maybe so. Um, Yeah, so it's very interesting. (laughs) I love that word interesting. It's what we use when we don't want to dig deeper, but we want to allude to the complexity of it. <laughs> yes, Ilona, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's true. It's so true, though. It's so true because I, you know, there's a confidentiality part to it. So I'm like, oh, how much can I disclose without it identifying anybody in it? But I guess I could just speak from my experience. There's just been a lot of different triggers coming up for me based on interactions with other people, right? This is everyday life it can happen anywhere with anybody oh my god and so what I'm what I'm realizing is there's a specific interaction that uh makes me curl inside I think usually I'm someone who's vulnerable honest for the most part and um when a specific personality type is in my frame and it is uh Gosh, when she, when it's in my frame and it makes me want to like crawl inside, I hide, I hide completely. Right. So it's, it's funny you say interesting is actually a way of hiding when we don't want to go deeper. Uh, And what I found is in this other person is that they signified someone in my past, um, my father, who gave me so much anxiety in life based on the type of messaging he gave me. And it's beautiful because a lot of times we look at triggers and we're like, oh my gosh, this trigger is someone else's fault. Like you are making me feel this way. Well, first of all, we can't, so no one can make us feel right that way because we give away that power. But what you end up doing is in the trigger, it's always a message for you, right? Right. That the trigger is a message for you. Like, what is it about you that is deeper like there's a reason why so like oh my gosh you you've done this program too so it's and obviously in life this is it's a lifetime practice even before having it in your life so what is that like for you like in trigger trigger world Oh, for me. So, so here, and even going back, cause like I have my master's and in, in coaching and then I did landmark before, um, leadership. And I, um, I just always had very reflective friends. Like in my life, I either had friends that ex- like where I could observe where they're messing up, or I had friends that would be like, well, why is this happening? Right. And so I've lived in, and actually, I don't know if I ever told you the story when I was really little, my aunt in Ecuador, like in Latin, you know, like outside of us people, at a certain economic level, have people who cook and clean and shit like that. So Absolutely. I have a aunt who had like a cook and she would always call me la niña y poque, which means the little girl who asks why. So I'd be like, why, 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 why? So I've always been, like, I was born with a state of inquiry. And so when it comes to triggers, I think that's exactly like, we've been taught that a trigger 
is to protect ourselves from danger, which makes sense because from an evolutionary perspective, that's what the trigger was. But we're in a modern world where the trigger, we're, we're having a, a dinosaur is going to eat me response to an email or to someone's words or to like, like the possibility of someone's mm. words, not even the reality of someone's words. And so when we can be in the examination of what the trigger represents for us, then we can have the breakthrough and decide, right? Because it's also not to say you don't deserve to be triggered, but it also, but it, what it offers us when we're in the examination of it is what can we, how can, what can we get out of this trigger? Like what growth can happen through this? Because triggers are actually the growth. Triggers are the strengthening tools. Triggers, triggers are the, the resilience tool, right? Like, oh, I'm afraid. How am I going to grow? Like, what can I do to not have this happen again? Mm-hmm. And, and the opposite thing that happens is a lot of us allow that trigger to rule us. And then we, like what I did was retract in, I let the anxiety override. And then I prevented myself from allowing the truth to really show through, mm-hmm. which is a common characteristic for me is like, I get scared to tell truth because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. And so it, oh, it presents itself an opportunity to express yourself right? It gives you an opportunity to express yourself and the, ch- and the challenge becomes an opportunity because though it feels like a challenge in the moment, it's really presenting itself an opportunity so that you can then get out of that comfort zone and just attempt to override whatever grungies or whatever things that are coming up for you that you're resisting. Because as we know, what we resist persists, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's, it, and it's, but all of it. So from, okay. So now my, I always joke that I put on my glasses when I go into like academic mode. So like in the trans theoretical model of behavior change, we cannot change behavior (laughs) until there is awareness. And so the trigger Mm -hmm. is our opportunity for awareness. Boom. Because awareness is the beginning. of. Oh my gosh. And that, Yes, exactly. Exactly. And how many of us go through life just blindly walking through creating the same patterns over and over? And that's the thing. When you don't address it, it is damn well to show up again and again and again and again. And unfortunately, once you allow something to happen in so much time and repetition, it not only becomes a habit, then it becomes, like you said, a behavior. It becomes who you are. But not that it's not irreversible. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast just on this because then the other thing that we haven't learned is that we we're in a society where everything is fixed. And so we react or or we choose not to even react. Sometimes we don't react because we're afraid that this will be what hangs us or this will be our, our condemnation rather than, Oh, I'm going to try something And if I don't get the feedback that is expected, then I can retry and do it differently and learn and grow. And so I think there's a societal implication in how fixed we are. Like you have to get vaccine, you have to have kids, you have to make money, you have to be rich, you have to be pretty, you have to do this. Because if you don't fit in the fixation that we've created in the template that we've created, then you don't belong and you are wrong. And that's not the point of life. 
that I keep hearing judgment and all that. Like there's just so much judgment surrounded around the things that we are told what we should and shouldn't do instead of teaching ourselves that we get to trust that we have all the answers, which we always do. Right. And, and you know, this guys, if you don't know, Ilona is just a beautiful human being, first of all, and she does Oracle spiritual teachings, coaching, what would you call it? What is your So right now I call myself an astrology informed life coach. I'm also a six, two emotional manifestor in human design. So I'm learning that I get to evolve rapidly and quickly with where my urge goes. And currently my urges, I'm an astrology informed life coach. And because coaching is my foundation and astrology is my lens through how I can bring compassion and forgiveness and even no, self, lack of self-judgments for individuals who are lost in where who, who they are and where they get to go with their lives. So powerful. I've had the honor of being coached by Ilona too myself. And if you guys want to check it out, this is actually an extension to our uh, initial interview that we had on Yes Girl Live on Instagram. So there's so much juicy stuff there too. So go check that out as well. But we get to continue the relationship and I'm happy to have Ilona in my corner. She's someone I consider in my soul tribe. She is just such an inspiration to me and I'm excited to have her on here to share her knowledge with you. Um, But yes, so let's see, we were talking about triggers and we were talking about how that shows up and the awareness around that. And I definitely believe that until you are in a place where you're ready, because not all of us are ready and that's okay too. But the sooner that you allow yourself and open yourself to the possibility of a different way of being, then it is then that you can start creating that awareness. And it wasn't until that I found that in my life of knowing that, you know, I'm just sick and tired of being tired of doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results, right? That's Albert Einstein, he said that too, that insanity is the same thing over and over again. So um, how, like, how did you know, like you've done all this, you went to Landmark, leadership, you've done all this, like what started like happening in your life when you knew that you get to have of like more into you, more teaching for into you? Um, like what was the, what was the turning point? What made me say this is yeah. really um I talk about this often and more and more often now, which is something that I didn't speak about for a long time, which in, in my, during my Saturn return. So for those of you who don't know in astrology around the age of 27, 28, 29, which we were talking about before, all of us go through what's called the Saturn return, which is where the planet Saturn comes back into the place of your birth chart and it shakes you up. Saturn is a planet of discipline and ambition and it. And around that time, young adults, because we're still kind of like young adults, right? We're, we're at 20, at 20 something, you feel like an adult, but you still haven't, you know, some of us are still attached to our parents or our families or communities or like even our fraternities or sororities, if that's the thing you did, I didn't, but, and, and it's a moment where if you did not grow the way you were supposed to, life will shake you in a way that will wake you up. And around my Saturn return, I experienced workplace abuse so badly that I questioned everything in my life. I questioned um, the person that I was with. My family had just, my parents had just moved to Florida. I was having a rocky situation with my sister who was living with me at the time. My brother lived far away. And a lot of my friends actually lived further than me because I chose to move to be closer to this job. And so I had this moment, I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? 
I had a, I literally, I was a 27 year old with a mortgage, a car payment, like a job, but I didn't feel alive. Mm. And when that workplace abuse experience happened, I literally had the opportunity to say, is this what I want to spend the rest of my days feeling? And I, and I, and I didn't know what the way forward was, but that was the awakening. That was the awareness moment of like, this is not the life I want to live because I've I, like, I, I've said this before in, in some other spaces that if you followed me that I've, I live a very magical life and it might not be a templated success script of like having millions in the bank and married with kids. But like the, the things that I've experienced to me, like people go, wow, how did you do all that? I'm like, I don't know. It just happened to me. But that breaking point was the reminder that I am magical, that life is magical, that there's so many great things that I get to experience outside of a nine to five. And if you're listening and you love nine to five, this also means you can have a nine to five in a magical life. But if you're not feeling life is magical, there's going to be that moment where you're like, what am I doing? And so for me, what I came out with is I never want a woman, especially like a Latina woman or a woman of color to ever feel stuck in their lives because they're quote unquote living the dreams by having the mortgage and having the job and having the car because it's what we're told to do rather than it's actually fulfilling. And there's, there's a bigger fulfillment to saying, oh, I'm doing what I love and not I'm making other people happy, which is something you said before. And so I spent the next decade, literally after that workplace experience using, you know, I still stayed in that industry, but I used my money that I had left over and I actually invested you know, and I've talked recently, I started opening up a like, I, yeah, I'm in credit card debt because I said, you know what, I have to invest in expansion in order to understand the places I get to go to next. Like I get to do it afraid. I get to make mistakes. I, and I get to, because we were talking before about like renegotiation, like, yeah, so I made a mistake and now, and I made it, I can't go back, but now I, I learned and now I know how to do better. And now I know how to discern things better. Now I know how to choose better, more powerfully. But anyway, I spent the, a decade learning, taking courses, going to what workshops and seminars, throwing, I literally threw myself at all the types of experiences that lit me up from, you know, having friends in the music, literally having friends in the music industry. Like I used to do t-shirts and tote bags for local bands and going to music festivals, like industry type, like workshops in Manhattan because I lived in New Jersey and go and seeing Gabby Bernstein in New York before she made it really, really big. You know, there are names that you get to be like, wow, I remember when they started and I was there because I chose to explore everything that was, uh, that was at my reach at that moment. And I always tell people, I remember that moment when I, w- I saw Gabby speak for the first time. I'm like, my mom raised me on these principles because I talk about my mom who's really spiritually fluid and she was super woo woo. But I remember thinking I could, I could do this. I I could do this. And so then I started investing in like, how do I do this? How do I become a coach? How do I teach people? How do I bring magic? How do I show people that these things are tangible? How do I get, how do I build some, how do I build a life from this? How do I get paid from this? And it's not saying that everything you love you need to monetize it. But for me, I felt so in my purpose to do this that I, I didn't have the energetic bandwidth to do both. So I did, I, I did, I lasted in the industry as long as I could until I was like, okay, now I can, now I have the way out. And some people have a different journey, but that was my journey. 
Oh, gosh, I think what's so inspirational about that is a lot of us think that we have to have it so calculated and put together. Again, you talk about the check boxes and how in order to like live a fulfilling life, you do what you're told or what's exemplified by media, by your family, by religion or whatever else that, you, that influences you to make your decisions. But being messy in the process and following your heart, again, goes back to the fact you have the answers. You have all the answers. And I love that you trusted yourself in the process and allowed yourself to accept abundance into your life when you didn't necessarily have it per se, right? Because putting out a card is like, okay, well, I get to put on this credit card, but knowing it's the knowing and feeling that it's going to return itself back to you. And it's, and, and that's where we, I think we get tripped up sometimes. It's like, oh, I don't have it. So I can't, it's not attainable. Mm -hmm. And we get stuck in that re repetition of, okay, well, it's not going to happen because I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. But when you tap into like knowing that this is what I feel called to do and I'm going to pursue it despite of, again, going back to the fear, going back to whatever's coming up that may prevent you from doing that. And, um, you said invest in my expansion and you get to make mistakes. That is such a key role in not holding yourself um, in guilt if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, but knowing that there's something to extract from every single way that you decide to make a decision for yourself in that choice, in that choice, because it is a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice because people, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've gone through the distinctions between choice and decision, um, but decision is, it has a suffix of chidere, which is Latin for to kill. So when you're deciding, you're literally killing off all other options. You're saying this is the only way forward. And so that's why a lot of people are stuck in that. Like, well, this is the only way, this is the only way, this is the way we do it. This is the way religion tells me, this is the way society teaches me, this is the way my family does it. But when you freely choose, you're actually saying, oh, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, then I have like 30,000 other flavors that I can try in this lifetime until I feel like the one I want to commit to. And that, and that brings yeah. opportunity, that brings solution, that brings freedom, that brings connection, that brings fulfillment. Yeah. And that, might, that reminds me of like, you know, when you get stuck, it's like ego, it's just your ego. Again, we could talk about safety and an ego keeping you safe and when you only see two choices, that's how I know that I'm stuck in ego, two choices, when it's black or white. And all you have to do to understand that you get to go outside of that is add one more choice. You add one more choice and it, it puts ego in check. And the ego's like, wait, what? We have more than two choices here? It's like, yes, you always have more than one choice. And when you can actually recognize your own seeing it in black or white you start to add chromatones you just have to add one more one more choice in that and you're like oh wait a second there is more out there there is more than just this fear that's holding me back trying to keep me safe and why why is it keeping you safe and there's always something deeper in there as why something is not allowing you or you're not allowing yourself to explore because you're guarding yourself from something that possibly has hurt you in the past, somewhere you've failed and you've allowed that to tell you something about you, mm. whether it's, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'll never attain it because I'm such a mess up. You know, we, we let these stories like embed ourselves with truth when it's so much further than that, when it's really just a safety guard. Mm. And I do that often. I, I, up until now, I used to do that 
often. And I'd let those narratives be my guiding light, but we get to discern between the two things. And again, it's, that's what I think it comes to the decision or choice. It's deciding versus choosing. Choosing is empowerment. Deciding is like, I have to, and that already feels gunky. Mm. I have to versus what we get to do. And we get to make choices every day. We get to choose how we want to live. We get to choose how we want to express ourselves. And something that I love that you do is that's what you guide women. And I'm sure men, just everybody that comes in contact with you, because you are exactly what I said in the beginning, an oracle. And I know that we go through so many different involvements and titles in our life because I, I also uh, have the same exact uh, transition in my life, right? Since you've known me, I've gone from, you know, not really knowing to fitness coaching to alchemist. And now I'm a spiritual life coach. So it's like, we get to embrace every part of our life that we transition through and there's no wrong or right in it. Right. There's no wrong or right. And you get, you help us explore that about ourselves. So how do you do that? What is your motive helping us like open ourselves up in that way? Well, so the reason I do astrology informed life coaching is I really, I, what I, I've been exposed to astrology literally since I was in my mom's womb. My mom was a huge fan of a very famous astrologer named Walter Mercado, who is super well-known in Latin America. There's a documentary on him in Netflix. And I grew up, I grew up watching him and he didn't just give you your horoscope. There were moments he would tell you about the archetypes. He would tell you about the things that made that sign, that sign. So I really understood, like, I really understood that the people were different and it wasn't that there was someone who was bad or wrong. It's, Oh, they're a Virgo. Like my mom's like a double Virgo with an Aries moon. Um, and what the double Virgo means is she has a Virgo sun and a Virgo rising with an Aries moon. So she's very fixed and how she is for herself and, and like, well, she's very grounded, but like, you know, earth is like solid, right? It's not like water that flows. It's not like air that goes, breezes back and forth. It's like earth is earth. And then her moon, which is her emotion is fire. So when people will be like, oh, your mom's a little much. I'm like, she's, she's a double Virgo with an Aries moon. Like, what do you mean? What, why, why don't you understand? What do you mean? Like, you know, well, there would be other kids with parents who like their mothers might have cancer moons, which is like, they're the Uber mother. They're the nurturing. I'm going to buy, bring you cookies and give you a hug for no reason. My mother was not that person, but I didn't judge her because I was like, well, that's my mother. She's a, I, I don't expect that out of a double Virgo with an Aries moon. <laughs> I would be confused if she did that. Cause that wouldn't. So I understood the archetypes that are, are, or the, the, the energy that our birth chart brings to us. And, and from that, like I, like people, I mean, I, I have, I know this one person who is super fire energy and a lot of people in the circles that we used to run in would be like, I don't understand how you're friends with them. And I would be like, well, it's because I know she's, she's fire. And so when she gets into fire, I ring my air. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Uber Libra. I have like three Libra placements. So air. So I get to go, let's fan that flame. Let's not let it burn down. <laughs> Well, so when, but when people don't understand that, then they go right into the judgment attack story mode. So I choose to use the narrative of astrology to construct a compassionate view of how I work with people. And in turn, in the coaching container, I use the birth chart as a jumping point for that compassionate view of ourselves. So if someone's feeling stuck, if someone doesn't know what they want to do with themselves and stuff, like I have a lot of, I've been attracting a lot of women recently who literally don't know who they are outside of being a daughter, a wife, a mother, blah, 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 this. 
they don't have their own identity outside of the tethers that we've been given in the, the third dimensional world and who want to understand who am I? And so I use astrology to say, oh, well, this is what I'm seeing who you are at a core. I'm seeing these are probably your toxic patterns and I'm seeing this is what's in your way. And I'm seeing this is what you say you can't do, but you really can. And I'm seeing these are some of the gifts and see these are the, some of the support systems. And when people see that, they're like, Oh, so like, I, I don't have to hold on to that story, that narrative, like you said before. Right. And then they start, then they start entering the world of possibilities. Well, mm -hmm. if now I know that I was born to have this pattern so that I can break through it and heal others with that, then how do I do that? And then we can be in the possibility of what's available to them in this lifetime. And so I, for me, a lot of people will poo-poo on astrology because they think it's of the devil or it's bad. Um, but I've found it to be one of the most compassionate tools that I could use with a client to get them to rewrite their own narrative and to create a narrative that allows for self-compassion, that removes the judgment, that allows for forgiveness and allows for possibility. Uh, my I, gosh, that is so beautiful. One of the things that came up to me as you were talking was acceptance. Astrology helps you create an acceptance for not just yourself, but for other people, which is beautiful because what I'm learning too is the more I connect with others and I learn their story, the more compassion you have for someone. So it's crazy how astrology is a tool that we can utilize to learn our own story, but also be able to view somebody else before even knowing them. And if they're like dropping their astrology sign or whatever, you could have compassion in them just knowing like characteristics of that being without judgment, right? It's getting to a point too of understanding that there doesn't have to be judgment around. It's just compassion. Cause I know that as I connect more with more people, the story becomes more compelling and more real when they are vulnerable in that. And as you do that, you see what, what a human really looks like, like how much you're not much different than the other person. And I love that astrology brings acceptance and compassion into one way of being by opening yourself up. And it creates that awareness. It creates that awareness, which is so powerful. And I know that from firsthand being in a session with you, which is incredible. It's so incredible. Well, and I, I even want to give a distinction because you said like astrology allows us to see that we're all the same, but really what it shows you is we're all different in the way we express mm -hmm. ourselves and that is the bridge for compassion to say, oh, you're suffering because you're different. And I get to love you unconditionally. Now I have the access to understand why you're like this. And now I know what space to unconditionally hold for you in the moments that you need it. Because the way you need to be held unconditionally is not the same way I need to be held unconditionally, mm -hmm. right? Like, like the unconditionality means there's nothing in the way of holding space for someone but there's still that distinction that we're going to be different mm -hmm. and that regardless of like, to me, that's, that's, what's going to bridge the world right now to say, I don't get 
what you're doing. I don't understand who you are. I don't understand why you're doing this this way. Because I personally, when you look at my chart, I'm not going to think that way. Like there are going to be people Mm -hmm. who think very emotionally. There are people who are going to think very groundedly and strategically. There are going to be people who think very impulsively and we're different and we don't, we can actually be like, oh, now I understand why you're like that. So there's a relief. There's less of a judgment because like, Mm -hmm. oh, now I'm not creating a story of why you're doing that. Oh, now I know you've got a fire moon. So you're going to get really upset when it's, when it's your emotional, you're going to be fire, you're going to blow up <laughs> or, and then say, well, I'm not like that. So now I know how to hold space for that. And like, re- cause that's what compassion really is. Compassion. Everyone think is like, Oh, feeling like em- empathy is like holding, like being like, Oh, I feel that. And I'm going to like, like be here with you. But compassion is saying this person is suffering. And I'm just going to be there while they suffer. Doesn't mean I have to understand that level of suffering. It's just the holding of space when someone's suffering, regardless of what the root of it is. That thank you so much for calling out the difference in in that there are differences between us. Yes. And I would, I guess what I was trying to say with humans being the same, meaning that like we all have these ways of being that are. The same as in we all experience the same things, right? There are certain things that we experience that are the same, but how we experience them makes it different. How we experience life makes it different. And we get to distinguish what those are so that we can um, utilize our experiences in the best way to help others around us. I love it. Yeah. 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 So powerful. So, so powerful. So another thing that you've also, that you also do under, under the rug, which I don't know if if, if it's like a known thing, but human design is something you introduced me to. And so that's become a significant part of your practice. And a lot of the times I'm like, always like asking people, what's your human design? What's your human design? Cause it's very powerful. It's a po- another powerful tool that we get to use to really dive deep in about who we are in self-discovery. And I know that along the path of like self-discovery and self-mastery, it's about getting to know yourself and how deep are you willing to go with you so that you can unravel things to help others. And so tell us about human design. Oh my goodness. I, I, some people have been telling me about human design probably for the last three years, but I didn't, it didn't really hit me until um, end of tw- like last quarter of 2019. And cause I have a friend who, who was studying it and shared with me and I'm like, Oh, I feel like, I feel so witness. Like, what is this magic? Um, and it's, you know, the way I understand it, it's, it's kind of like the, uh, some people define it at a very high level. That's how your aura interacts, right? So it's an energetic assessment. How does your aura interact with other people? It could even talk about how you magnetize and bring things into your life and how you get into alignment with your energy in this lifetime to create what you came here to create. And so there are going to be a lot of different ways that you hear this expressed. And so it is astrology informed. It's Kabbalah informed. It's Chinese eating informed, and it's also chakra informed. And so it combines all these very spiritual methodologies into one succinct blueprint for your energy or a type, however you want to call it. And it's, there's, there's so many details. I mean, you could spend hours dissecting what's in it. Um, so in this, what I, what I do, I, because I'm certainly not um, completely proficient, but I have become a human design obsessionada, not an aficionada. And um, what I've learned to really kind of focus on, like, there are a few pieces of it where you can really work with a client who's maybe um, like being, feeling really blocked. 
For example, when you pull up a human design chart, there are going to be arrows around the head. And one of them talks about specific or non-specific manifesting, because here's a really fun distinction. I am part of the 9% that's a pure manifester. So it's like rare, blah, blah, blah. People get jealous. I'm like, don't be jealous. It's actually is it's kind of hard work being a manifester because we are not conditioned to be that. And so it takes time for us to step into that uh, knowledge. And it's not, it doesn't mean that no one can manifest. It just means the manifester aura type is repelling. So my aura is going to try to reject things because I got, I have, I have to channel thoughts. I have to really block out things that are out of, out of alignment so I can do what I came here to do. And it takes that extra effort of the, my aura going out, out, out to do that. Um, but everyone can manifest. And when I learned about the specific or non-specific manifesting, I started integrating that, like just what is your design type and strategy and what is your authority and what is your manifesting type so that when we understand your birth chart and we understand what your life goals are, we insert those few details so that you can go to the next level. So I had a client that I was working with and we were just doing the astrology and coaching. And then I learned human design. I'm like, oh, you're a non-specific manifester. And she was, um, her son is a Virgo. So like in like her son's sign. So in, there is astrology information. So different um, designs. So there are five designs. There's a reflector, manifestor, projector, generator. And then there's a manifesting generator, which for some people is a subset of the generators, but each of them work differently. Um, and so you can have a specific manifestor or a non-specific manifestor. And then if your sun sign is a Virgo for each of those or Taurus or whatever, you're going to express those energy a little bit differently because that's your astrology. And so she has this energy of being very grounded and structured and what's the plan. And I'm like, great, that's really good. But you actually came here to manifest from a non-specific place, from connecting to the feeling, from releasing the structure, from releasing the tight control, from surrendering and not worrying. And from that point, she, there were like, once she learned that there were days where last year, no, two years ago in her business, she made like $4,000 in her business. And then earlier this year, she was like, she called me to tell me she had a $17,000 day just from like really shifting the way she brought energy into her life. Oh my gosh. That's a huge point. That's a huge point about being open and ready to accept when you're actually connected to the feeling of, and, and knowing that about yourself helps guide you into accepting and, and bringing in that abundance, which is huge. So how, how would you, if someone was like, okay, what do I do? Do I do astrology? Do I do human design? Like, what should I jump into? Like, how, how would someone differentiate when they want to start diving into these different tools? That's such a good question because they're, they're, you know, I use them for different ways. Right. So, you know, and that, and I think that's also, so the first thing that comes to mind is what attracts you the most? Because if I tell you astrology, but then human design is where your energy is lit up by, then I'm putting you out of alignment, right? I think that's one of the things that becomes really imperative in my work as a coach is saying, it, this, this isn't about me. You, you're not paying me this dollar for me to tell you how to do your life. In fact, coaching is, is never, so it's, so it's also interesting because I can actually say I have a master's in coaching. So I actually know some of the foundations and the distinctions between a coach and like a consultant or a guide or whatever, we're never supposed to say, this is what you can do. Unless there's a question, like I'm confused about these logistics and you have experience, you can come in and consult um, in under a different hat. But like, it's really about saying, what do you want? Getting to the core of what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Right. And so if someone's confused, I always say, let's play with them. Let's try them all and then see where the most energy for you is, because then that is that what's aligned for you. And here's the bigger thing. 
that, that I've said, I've been saying for the past few months, I love astrology. So in actually let's move back a little bit. Every coach will have like an intake. Some people will use the wheel of life. Some people will have questions. Some people will use astrology. Some people will use in the human design, whatever it is, but that's just the assessment. And the assessment's point is to get you to awareness. It's not the thing that's going to change your behavior. So you, everyone has to understand it's about first, which assessment lights you up. And then remembering that the assessment is not the end. It is just the awareness for your journey. And then it can be almost like your map, your compass for when you're feeling misdirected. So you can go back and like, oh, well, my chart says this, or my human design says that. Right. But I, I I also, even though I love it and it's my jam, I don't want to create dependency on the information that this provides, because that's where the people who poo-poo on this, these things poo-poo on it because people then be, it's not a religion. It's not a doctrine. It's not a say all be all. It is the compass that when you get lost returns you to your inner self. And so that's my long answer to your very short question. No, that's perfect. It was a perfect answer. Not long, not short. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And it really helps because for me too, in my own life, I think when it comes to putting so much weight on something, you can get really sold on a way that is guiding you that it restricts you sometimes, right? It can restrict you. And it's about, again, keeping your mind open to the possibilities of what's serving you. And with coaching, it is all about asking questions. Again, how much deeper can you get with the questions, not, not telling you what to do. And I think that's, I think that's a very misguided conception with coaching is people think they go to a coach to be told what to do, but it's actually our, our job to guide you back to you, because there's nothing that we teach people that they don't maybe already know deep within themselves. It's just bringing, like you said, the awareness, the awareness. So astrology and human design is just a tool. And if it speaks to your heart, if you start opening and asking questions, and again, awakening that curiosity of being a child, the childlike curiosity, like you said you were, uh, back into your life, then you start to play more. And it's a, it's a matter of playing and inviting life into these different ways of opportunities to be that you start to create more trust in yourself and the awareness of which you are building. Oh, so powerful. It's so powerful. And I, I know you said something too about like, if you rely on human design astrology too much or any type of tool that you're given, um, it can become abuse. And I think about this with Oracle cards and you're also someone who practices the use of Oracle cards and all, and all of that. And it's like, I know for me, sometimes when I'm really stuck on something, I'll go to my Oracle cards and I'll ask questions. And when I don't get the answer I want, I'll pull again and it'll still tell me the same thing. And I had someone in my life who also is an oracle, yes, who uh, was like, yo, that's abuse. And I didn't realize that I was abusing my privilege and my access to my higher being and my pure self by asking the same thing when they've already given me the answer. I'm sure you've experienced this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is why I don't read for myself. (laughs) Because I... (laughs) I think when we use these tools on ourselves, because we have our own, our own narrative, our own stories and the results that we want to see, we're going to read into it rather than because 
think about like when someone reads for you, even if it's not when you hear what you want to hear, you'll be like, oh, that's really, hmm, okay, let me think about that. And then you'll like give it a few days. You'll be like, oh my God, this happened. But because we're doing it for ourselves and we experience that need for the instant validation or aha moment, we don't give it the timing. One of the things that I learned is that humans, especially now, do not trust the timing. And so that's part of the lack. So trust, really, ultimately, it's the trust, right? So trust that the answer is right. Trust that the timing will work out. Trust that we, we're getting what we need to hear. And so, and that's when we don't trust the, oh, I mean, think about where, how trust leads to the abuse of anything. When you don't trust, you abuse in a relationship. When you don't trust yourself, you make wrong decisions. So you abuse your decision-making process or choice-making process rather. When you don't trust the Oracle cards, you're going to keep on pulling until you get the answer you want, but that's not actually the answer you're supposed to get. And so trust is the vehicle to abusing your, really your journey here. This is, this is not supposed to be you're not supposed to know everything. And, and, and I also want to emphasize, emphasize this, the cards are not here to tell you the answer there. The, once again, these assessments, and there are so many, like we have Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs. These are just kind of like your compass. I'm having a rough day. I'm going to pull a card to recenter myself so I can put myself in a path that I'm supposed to be on rather than to continue to derail myself with the stories in my head. Ah, oh, so good. I love that you said you're not supposed to know everything. They're not supposed to know everything. And we go to these tools, which clearly I'm guilty of, as I just confessed, looking for these answers to know everything. But there's actually beauty in not knowing everything. Because imagine how overwhelming it would be for one person to know everything. It would be, and what would be the point of living? Yes. So inviting yourself to be like, okay, I don't have to know anything, everything. And thank God I don't, because I don't know about you. I get real wrapped up in my head sometimes. Analysis paralysis goes on and on and on, overanalyze things. And then, and that's usually a, a catalyst because I'm just wanting to know, like, I need to know the results. I need to know what's happening. Like, why is this happening the way it is? And I want an, an answer. And I love that you and also invite me and whoever's listening that if you do pull your cards to be very mindful of how you're influencing what you're interpreting based on what you want the outcome to be, which is, I really have never made that distinction, which is so powerful. So thank you for, thank you for that. No problem. And, and so I can good. It's so good. From experience. We, we all learn. Oh yeah. When I, when I, my mom had a deck of tarot cards when I was really little and I would play with it. And I was like, this isn't the answer I want. Like, I don't want, like, I literally disconnect. I'm like, this isn't for me. This isn't great. And then I discovered a deck of cards that I primarily use in my readings called the, the color mage color Oracle. That's all based on the chakras. And because there was less of a symbolism and imagery and like all this stuff, it was very much more like, where, where are you feeling it energetically in your body? Yes, there are messages on the card, but it's, if you see these cards, it's literally a solid color with a word and a brief message. And it really allowed me to tap into, oh yeah, you're right. Like I am feeling it in my heart or, oh yeah, this is really impacting my solar plexus and my personal confidence. Or yeah, you know what? I really can't see through the situation. It allowed me to really, con you know, connect to the body. And so when I started, like there were times where I'd pull a card and be like, ah, I don't want to hear that. And then the throat chakra would come out over and over again. Like, oh, it's my voice. It's my voice. It's a reminder, right? And when you start seeing the patterns of like, oh, no, no, you don't get to get a new answer. You remind yourself like, oh, this is where I need to be. This is where like, it, it really 
It's supposed to, here's the thing. It's so these things are supposed to anchor us into the present so we can be present with where we're going. It's not, we're, a lot of us are using it to future trip instead of saying, oh, this is how, this is where I get, this is where I presently get to magnetize and visualize and embody and heal. Um, but everyone wants to use it for the future. And all of these tools are really for where are we now and to allow us to create the possibility of where we get to go. Oh my gosh. And it's so profound. It's like such a profound thing, but it's nothing new. That idea of all we have is now. And we want to take whatever we know to tell us about how to act later, but that doesn't, it doesn't matter later because yeah, all you have is right now. So how will you be able to use whatever information is landing at that time to make a shift now? And then, and it kind of goes back to the, the timing process too, because it's like, you know, you get to trust the timing whatever's coming up is what's coming up and you get to be exactly embody exactly where you're at and what, and, and when you pull the cards or when you get a message in repetition, especially repetition, always message in repetition, which I love. I love Okay, girl. So if there is something very significant out of all these things that you can walk away from and that you can leave with our listeners and anybody tuning in, what would that message be based on what we talked about today? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be like, I really lived, but I really lived and I, I could probably write a book on all the things that, that you could do. But, you know, I think I think what I what what I'm feeling called to share right now is you ha you have to know who you are and you have to develop your own sense of self like your heart your soul your mind really understand why you like we and because it kind of goes back to the trigger point from the beginning of the conversation right we're, we're living in times where everything is triggering everyone and there are things that are rightfully so but you cannot make the impact and the imprint and the change that you want to see in the world until you have done the work yourself. So until you've deeply sat in examination, you've actually done the work, you really get to the core root of why you feel a certain way about anybody. We, we cannot, you cannot create the impact because you're just then perpetuating the fear. Mm. And so there are things happening in the world that I, I, in this holy instant do not have an impact in but because i've gotten to know myself and the roots of my actions and my word i mean people constantly tell me i'm so intentional with my words and the reason i'm so intentional and that's why i was like okay let's talk about distinctions let's be specific because i understand that every my being my way of being when i am in when i because i've gotten to know myself i am intentional in what i say and how I show up and, and how I interact. And, but, but it's from my knowing of myself. And that is my impact because by showing up that way, then people start asking and people start shifting and people start doing programs to learn themselves. I've had people who maybe have not coached with me, but they'll like, they've done, they'll do a leadership or they've done coaching with someone else because they're like, I need, I get to, I don't need, I get to do something differently because I'm seeing in you what I can be that I, I don't know how to do. And so that's, I think people don't understand that you developing your greatest self is the biggest ripple in all of the mess that's happening now. 
It is the bridge to the understanding. It is the shift that we want to see in the world. It doesn't start with you getting everyone around you to do something different. It starts with you being different. Mm. And it starts with a deep inner knowing and a lot of work and a lot of being okay with being by yourself. Oh, Ilona, I felt that deep in my heart and I resonate with it fully because I'm also on that journey. I'm also on that journey of self-discovery and I don't think it ever stopped. And it's about having, again, like you said, the compassion for yourself to understand that it interchanges student and teacher interchange all the time. And you get to be in a position where that is a part of living. It's a part of living that self-discovery is the point. That is the point. And how you can use what you have grown and learned in yourself to heal others because heal people, heal people, heal people, heal people, which is so beautiful. Okay. So thank you, Ilona. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What I always love to do at the end of every one of my uh, shows with my guests is a segment called this or that. So it's just a really fun way to end our segment together. So I'm going to throw some at you. It's going to be fire and you're just going to give it out to me, girl. Let's do it, girl. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's see. Full moon or new moon? Full moon. (laughs) Why? She's just so beautiful when she's full. (laughs) I agree. When she's illuminated, she's just like shining bright. Uh, Okay. Astrology or human design? Oh, you didn't. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go with the OG for now. Astrology for now. (laughs) They're both beautiful. Yes. Be my number one. (laughs) Um, Guided meditation or silent meditation? Silent. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Have incredible strength or have incredible, be incredibly fast. Ooh, strength. Okay. Uh, explore space, explore the ocean. Ooh, I, well, my initial one was ocean, but, but I think, but I think the, the, I think it's because I observe astrology from this vantage point here on the earth. Uh, light a candle or light an incense candle uh talk to animals or speak all the languages which by the way you got you guys Ilona speaks many languages already <laughs> I, w- I want to continue speaking all the languages I literally told someone I want to learn Mandarin this year yes we'll continue oh my gosh you you are a powerhouse you're a powerhouse okay uh tea or coffee tea eggs hard-boiled or over easy oh over easy and last but not least, would you uh, own a boat or own a plane? A plane. I get seasick. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. That is a segment of this or that. And tell our people where we can find you, girl. Well, Instagram is my jam. I am at Ilona Pamplona. So I-L-O-N-A and Pamplona, like the city in Spain. Um, uh, that's probably the easiest place to find me right now. I'm very active there. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you for your love, your time, your wisdom that you have shared with me and everybody who is tapping in to listen. I love you so, 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 so much, girl. I love you right back, sister. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Until next Wednesday, have a great day.